Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. They're the best. Oh. I love those guys. This is my friend, Matt. What? This is my friend, T-Bone. We just need to get some peanut butter because we already got the jam in here. You're listening to the Mac and Bo Show on Mac and Bo Radio. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard. We're gonna do this thing. I gotta get back. Uh, gotta get back here uh, in into the flow, baby. Into the flow. It's good to be back with the boys after spending a weekend with, like, I don't know, in a hotel, uh, responsible for seventeen fourteen-year-old uh, boys <laughs> as they got kicked out of the gym. As ah. we got noise complaint after noise complaint. Honestly, <clears throat> honestly, they were pretty good, and I think we had some. I think we had some Karens and some Kens in the hotel. That was the little, noise complaint about little, them or the coach? <laughs> <laughs> I think we had some Karens and Kens that were a little oversensitive. I thought thought our boys were good, and uh, we had a fun weekend. But now we got to get back into swing of things. We got to find a pair. Panthers a wide receiver. We got to deal with the worst Bryce Young criticism yet. I mean, I thought it was bad on the text line until Craig Carton opened his mouth yesterday on Fox Sports 1 about Bryce Young. We will let you hear that. We will react to that. Uh, We've got a Daytona 500 of books. Willie B, William Byron, uh, who people need to start to realize how good this kid is. He gets the Daytona 500 last night. Virginia... Are they good? <laughs> yes, last yes night, I mean, no. Last night, that was very bad. Uh, Hokey fans must have enjoyed that beatdown of the Who's last night. Uh, it's franchise tag day. We will celebrate. I'm sure Brian Burns is not celebrating the fact that the franchise tag period will open up today. We got all kind of stuff to talk about today on the Mac and Bone Show. Good to be back with the Bone Man and the Flound Dog. Bone Man, what's happening, baby? Yeah, what's good, going on? Good to have you back there, Coach. Uh, the Charlotte <laughs> Comfort Systems temperature right now, 31 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. Also, send in your text, 704 570 the WFNZ fan duel text line get those in there mac you look a little tired from coaching apparently you were kind of like urban meyer trying to contain the mid-2000s florida gators over the weekend <laughs> no they were pretty good they all jokes aside they were pretty good it's our first foray we've been playing like rec soccer yeah yeah out in indian trail and uh it got to the point where like we were too good for that. Not bragging, but just like we needed to challenge. We stepped up to uh, club competitions our first weekend. We made it to the semis, then we lost to the eventual champs in the semis. But I thought they competed good. I think they could use better coaching because I'm uh, I'm uh, way out of my league when it comes to coaching. But it was a fun start, and regular season play will start this weekend, Bo. And it will start to get after it in the regular season. I remember. But it was a fun trip, man. The team bonded. It was yeah. fun. The parents bonded. A lot of dads were bonding that? bone over uh, many a beer or bourbon. Oh, so yeah, we had a good time, man. 
I remember at a club soccer tournament, Mac, I was at in May of, uh, it was either 98 or it had to be 99. We pulled into this uh, field in Wilmington. And I was like, oh, Laney High School. That sounds familiar. Laney High School. Oh, yeah. and it says right there in the front, the home of Michael Jordan. MJ's and, High School. And I put on a performance nice. there, Mac, that weekend that had nothing to do with Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, that's pretty cool, though. It's pretty cool to yeah. be at that historic uh, high school in North Carolina. But now I got to get back to bit. I like the whole sports weekend. It was a blur to me because I was just catching stuff in between what we were doing. Um, but I did try to watch the fourth quarter of the all-star game on Sunday night uh, because I, I, for years, I, and I, I'll, I'll go to my grave saying this for years, the fourth quarter of the all-star game, I thought was great. You're, you're correct. Guys yeah. turned it up and then they competed. Even if they didn't compete for the first three quarters, I'm old enough to remember when they actually played the whole way through and tried. That's how old I am, which feels like, you know, 50 years ago. Um, at this point, but Don't anyway, watch the 2003 fourth quarter MJ's last all-star game with yeah. Kobe and Iverson. Even that, even then, they they were getting at, they were trying in that in that game. Then, like it's it's been a progression over time where it's not even any form of an effort at all in these games. Pro Bowl flag football blows that away now. I'm telling you. But anyway, we'll get into that because I got a vent about that. And apparently, the rest of America was venting yesterday. I was watching all the different sports shows yesterday as I try to like get back into the sports swing. Holy crap! There was a memo sent to every media member. You got to roast the NBA. Please tell me you didn't watch the uh, the Craig Carton experience. You didn't see him. Did no, you? I saw the clip. Oh, okay. Um, right. But that's, I know that's Craig. going to come up earlier. I know on. Craig Carton personally. Craig Carton taught me a lot about radio when I was young. Was really nice to me when I was young in the business. But Craig Carton has to be ripped for his opinion about Bryce Young. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I have to oh, do it. Oh god. But anyway, let's start with, with with William Byron winning the 500. I hate the fact they couldn't do this on Sunday, but they saw. Started at four, it ran into the night, and hopefully they got a decent audience for a Monday. You know, considering it's a Monday race, um, uh, you got the, you know, you got the some good three wide packs for a while, uh, two wide packs. You got the big one um, that was inevitable, and ironically, the man that won the race was heavily involved in the big one occurring. Yeah, um, it was Bowman's push to him that got him squirrely. Um, uh, and that ended up setting off the whole th thing. But William Byron ends up winning this race, Bone Man. I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good 500. You always have some drama at the end. I wish, I wish, even though I'm happy with Byron winning, I liked, I liked the Hendrick Camp, and it was a historic win for those guys, uh, which we'll document. But I, I, I would have liked to see them kind of restart and fire it up. You know, it ended it essentially with a, you know, parade lap. Because yeah. it was right before he took the white flag. But I thought a pretty darn good 500, Bone. Yeah, not the most dramatic of endings that we we kind of crave uh, in a race like that. But I thought it was good. Maybe not great, but I thought it was really good. Pretty clean racing, right, for the most part. You had the one in the beginning where a lot of rookies, Mac, took each other out. And then you, you, you didn't really have a whole lot of cautions. You didn't really have a lot going on there necessarily. But as they as they always say in the race... Once they got jammed up, it was just a matter of time. It was just a matter of how many cars are going to be involved. So I thought it was, I thought it was good, not the best, but I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed a little Monday racing yesterday. I liked it. I watched the whole thing, Megan, not because I had a lot of drivers on underdog yesterday. No, that couldn't be state. the reason why. By, by the way, didn't go well for me yesterday. No, no. Well, no. Daytona is so unpredictable. Like I think underdog for NASCAR will be better when we start to get to the tracks that you can kind of better predict. I had Gordon, such a crapshoot at I Daytona. I got Gordon over uh, nine and a half laps led. He actually led for ten exactly. 
I lost Michael McDowell. He had to finish 12th or higher. I could have actually Mac broke even. But Truex had to finish in the top 11, and he was he was there at the end. And he got caught up in the. And the, and the and that's the, what I'm yeah. saying. That's a tough one, you know, to try to predict and figure out. I'm not all mad that about stuff. it. I'm not mad. I'm just saying. I'm not. You know. I'm, I'm just saying. I didn't win any money yesterday. The crazy thing about uh, William Byron winning is he had never finished at Daytona. Like wow. he he is not. And Flounder said it on Friday when I predicted William Byron to win the race. By the way, um, uh, but Flounder told me he's not a good plate racer. Um, and he hasn't been in terms of finishes. He has, he has never finished a race in a Daytona 500 until yesterday. Um, uh, but he got it done yesterday. He killed the Matt Curse last night. I want everybody to know. Oh, it's safe right. now. Yeah, it's right. safe to come outside if Willie B can do it. If a former computer racer from Charlotte, North Kakalaki can kill the curse, um, so can everybody else. It did end with a Ross Chastain cause caution. <laughs> You know, although I don't really blame Chastain at that point, you're going for it. Although Flamdog, he pretty much you're going for it, but he pretty much went to a hole that wasn't quite there yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> towards the end of the race, we got back to your regularly scheduled programming because uh, Joey Logano blamed him for the previous wreck that really? happened with nine to go. Yes, he said it was his fault. He was blocking too much. Well, he was blocking, but everybody does that at Daytona down there the were, stretch. There, there were nine laps to go in the race to win the Daytona 500. What the hell are you talking you gotta about? You got to block. Like, I, hate, I hate what the blocking does, right? Yeah. Because if you don't get that, you know, you could cause a big one real easy. But let's but not you, act like he wouldn't have been doing the same thing. Come everybody, on. It's, get it's the hell out of here. Watermelon guy, like everything he does makes everybody 50 times madder than if anybody how, else did. Right? How many How many post-races, Mac, if you're watching the coverage or you're seeing Twitter, how many of uh, races uh, have a moment at the end where Ross Chastain's talking to another driver about something that happened? Either he did 92%. something. 92%. Yesterday, I'm like, oh, there's Ross talking to, and they, they always have to tell you, this one is cordial or this one might be heated. There's really no, it doesn't, he's involved in a conversation every post-race. I think most guys, though, Flound would probably admit, even though it's crazy Chastain, I think most guys would admit that's what happens at Daytona. You know what I mean? You're going 200 miles an hour. You're that tight. You're trying to win the greatest race going. I don't know, man. I no, I didn't pass. take any issue with the way that he drove. I mean, look, I, I thought the move that he made at the end that ended up wrecking him and Cindric probably a little too early. Yeah, that's probably yeah, what I would say. Open up, but that's easy for me to say on the couch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the thing. So I mean, he was look, he, man. He was he was trying to win the most prestigious race that they race every year in NASCAR. He had a great opportunity to do it. I mean, I know people are mad about the yellow, but like, I mean, what what's supposed to happen? The minute a guy spins, you're you're pressing the button. Like, you got to have a dude that's like waiting, 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 hit it. I, I yeah, mean, I wanted it to be called. I wanted them to get the flat, but it just the timing of where the the wreck happened. They were about to take timing. the white flag. Yep. So, and that happens in racing. Heck, Flay, remember the old days, right? When like they didn't have green white checkers. You know oh, I mean? you there'd be but, a wreck with four to go, and, and that would and be the end of the race. Earnhardt, Earnhardt, the most popular 500 result ever. Earnhardt, after 20 years, wins the 500. It was under caution. But no one cared back then because Earnhardt was the one winning it. But anyway, there was drama late, and Daytona's always going to give you drama late. Uh, so let's see here. It's, he's the sixth ever Hendrick driver to win the 500. They do it on – it's their ninth 500 win as a team. That ties Petty Motorsports for the most. And it came on the 40th anniversary – this is amazing – 40th anniversary of Hendrick Motorsports Bone running their first race at all. So there's a lot of cool kind of historical stuff going on for Hendrick. If you're not a Hendrick fan, you probably are annoyed at all this stuff right now. Um, so congratulations to Willie B. And then um, let's see. 
Not exactly um, a 200-mile-per-hour bone per lap performance from Virginia last night. I did not see no, much they were, of this because they were, they I, were in the I was far watching right, a 500. Far right lane for Virginia. <laughs> and then I checked over and saw the score, and I had recorded it. I'm like, why am I going to watch this? I don't know how much you saw of it, but they score 41 points. Their rival, Virginia Tech, beats them by 34. And the starters for Virginia scored 23 points. Mm. It was, Holy crap. I fully admit that the time of the race threw me off, so I actually didn't realize, Mac, it was already 7.40 yeah. when I went to go check Virginia, Virginia Tech. That's I just, I, yeah. I lost track of time, and when I got there, they were down. It was right before halftime. They were down, like, what, 38 to 16 or yeah, that's what I'm saying. 36 to 8, whatever the score was. So I thought, I, I, there's nothing. I'll, I'll monitor the score, but every time I checked it, it got further and further away, and that's – that's a, you know, Virginia has not been as good on the road nearly as they are at home, obviously, but that's a, that is a eye-opening result for Virginia not to show up by any means. Mac, they've been uh, so frustrating, Tony Bennett, while you were uh, on your soccer tournament. He got his first technical foul on Saturday since 2010. He actually uh, cussed at a referee for the first time, apparently, in 15 years. What restraint. If he could go 15 years in that profession without cussing towards a referee, <laughs> I'll put you up for sainthood. Bone, They. you look at their last few performances here. Uh, the loss to Pittsburgh by 11 at home. Then they score only 49 points. They beat Wake. It's a solid win, but you only score 49 points. And then last night you go out and do that. So they have scored 63, 49, and 41 in their last three games. And the Heels are next for them on yeah. Saturday. Heels don't play during the week. Virginia now, of course, they already played their game this week. So it uh, sets up for that. Might be maybe good timing for the Heels to get Virginia. They were they were red hot for a while, but it seems like they're starting to trend back a little more towards the Virginia that we saw pre-hotness uh, there. 100%. Although, is it a bad time to get Virginia? I can't figure yeah, out. I don't know. It's tough. It's well, we haven't beaten them there in 12 years. So, so, so you're saying there's never a good time to get Virginia for Carolina at, on Right the road. now, no. Probably not. <laughs> it's at Virginia, so that goes in their favor yeah. there. If it was at Chapel Hill, no shot. But at Virginia, I guess you never quite know. By the way, Austin Hill won the Xfinity Series race. I uh, fell asleep during night. that one. I, I missed the end of that one. I fell asleep. This segment, Mac, is brought to you by DryPro, your trusted expert since 1999. DryPro, your local expert for foundation and crawl space repair. Book your free inspection now at 4DryPro.com. When we come back, happy franchise tag day. It's here. Is Brian Burns happy? Probably not. We talk about that. Bryce Young gets ripped, and we've got some wide receiver news as well on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details.
92.7 WFNZ. Mac and Bone with you here. Uh, good to be back. Good to be back. Feels like a Monday. It's a Tuesday. The rest of y'all know that. Um, but now it's time to lock in, Bone. It's time to lock in and be the pros that we know that we can be. And I'm glad to hear, Bone, that you guys went almost the four hours yesterday without anybody complaining about a show. Because that doesn't happen. If I'm here, we get complained about in the first six minutes. Yeah, we, You guys almost made it four hours. We got started yesterday. Complainer-in-chief, who I don't take seriously, was complaining about... You know NASCAR talk when we mentioned that the race. Oh, so okay, okay. We had the audacity okay. to mention Matt, that the race uh, was moved to Monday. End of the show. We had a man <laughs> from Gastonia named Thomas that I can't even begin to describe. This guy was very, very, very upset that we were talking football. We were talking about DK Metcalf possibly being available. This man says the season's over. You got to move on. He <laughs> wanted to talk spring training baseball cornhole huh? and then something Corn happened something how do you talk cornhole on sports radio well, baby, other than just like i don't know talking about your own experiences uh, you know the, and so i tried to explain hey man like whatever i said i was actually cordial in the response then he somehow thought the show was pre-recorded i'm not sure where that came from he thought we taped the show in advance I had to explain how would we be giving you the all-star results from overnight <laughs> the nascar news if we did this like two days ago and I haven't talked to the guy since. Then, all right, so. all right. Thomas trying to Mac, get in the our, swing of things. Our secrets out, Mac. We pre-record the shows way. It's like uh, TV shows. We do these over the summer. I wish we could. I'd be a lot better rested. I'd probably be a lot better rested, be healthier. I do might even look that, slightly better. Do you think we could like pre-record a show on Friday and give you the Panther result for Monday? That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, this past year we definitely yeah, could. Actually, you know what? We could have just done segments about the horrible offensive performance recorded on Friday and stayed home. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> this we, guy's on to something for next we, Panther if season. We ran, if we go squirrely, could we run the same Panther Mondays back to back and no one will notice? <laughs> That's possible. That's possible. So maybe this guy's a low key genius. All right, uh, let's talk a little Panther. I know Thomas said he didn't want to hear football, but I'm sorry, man. The NFL's year round. The Carolina Panthers are year round, and this off season is too crucial. For us to not spend time on every show talking about it. Today, as we start to map through the offseason. Earmuffs, Thomas today, and Gastonia. Earmuffs. Today is the, the opening day of the franchise tag period, which will run for a few weeks, right? So it's not like, you know, Brian Burns is guaranteed to get tagged today or tomorrow or anything like that. But it opens up the franchise tag period where we all expect. Listen, I think it would be better if you could sign him to a long-term deal. Um, they also don't have so much cap room in future years. Um, I was reading Joe per Joe Person and Mike K talking about this. 129 million cap room next year. 254 million in two years Oof. on the cap. So like you could do a deal where you, you know, the base salary is low that first year, and then you start to use that cap room in the subsequent years. Now's um, the time to do that stuff, right? Because the quarterback is not getting paid those the the high end money. So now you guys point too. When you get a quarterback on a rookie deal, that's we say it a lot, but that's that's why Seattle was so good for so long. I'm just Russell not, Wilson was on a rookie contract and they were able absolutely, to pay all these guys. So. Absolutely. I, I you saw it with Mahomes early in his career. Although they're still winning and he's getting a gajillion. It doesn't matter with him. But it's like there's a way to get it done, but I'm just not sure they're close enough. So I you know Burns and a Panther. So it just feels inevitable at the very least that they'll need more time, right? And yeah. that they'll need that weapon. Like, let's face it. The reason why star players don't like this is it's really a weapon. It's leverage. Well, we can just pay you, right, Twenty for him about $21 million this year um, to be, you know, to give us, you know, your services as an edge for one year. We can hold this over your head and there's nothing you can do. 
You know, so th- that that's kind of where that feels like it's heading. But CBS the- did a uh, over the weekend, Matt. They ranked the top twenty-five defensive free agents on CBSSports.com. Uh, Frankie Luvu checked it at twenty-three on the list of the top twenty-five available free agents defense, and Brian Burns was uh, number three on that list. Okay, so Burns was three, Luvu uh, twenty-three. Yeah, and that sounds about oh, right. Sorry, Burns four, Burns four. And that sounds about right. Listen, I know that after last year and the type of player that Luvu is. Um, and the season Luvu had versus the East, you know, a season, you know, below the burn standard a bit. I, I understand that the way people feel about each of those guys, but Brian Burns is a multi-time Pro Bowler playing a premium position, and he is an uber talented dude, man. Now, I don't love the fact that after the last game, he shares with everybody in an interview. Um, that, hey, I, yeah, I was worried about getting hurt this year in a contract year, and I think that might have affected him. I mean, you don't want to hear that, but you cannot deny the talent and the premium position that he's playing. You also can't deny the fact we don't have anybody on that other side. You know? Yeah. Like, it, he still is a major commodity. I don't care how down Panther fans get on him. It's still mind-boggling that it feels like he's been around forever. <laughs> he's only 25 years old. Yeah, that's another now thing, he too. Turns, Turns 26 uh, in about a month and a half. But the fact that, Mac, he's been around since uh, April of 2019 as a Panther, and he's just now uh, turning the corner to 26. That's pretty crazy. That's what I'm saying. Still young. Still young, too. That's a big factor in his favor. Now, listen, Burns and Luvu, we really want him signed. Um, Brown, you'd love to do an extension. You can actually lower his cap number, too, if you do an extension, just like with Burns. But let's face it. New wide receivers, not a wide receiver, new wide receivers have to come in here, Bone. And there's so much talk out there on social media and on Internet about wide receivers. So Mike Evans yesterday, yesterday was kind of a mini deadline for Tampa. Um, They didn't get a deal done. So that means Evans will count. I think it's right around $7.4 million in dead money next year's cap for Tampa. Um, Adam Schefter was talking yesterday because of how high his salary was already. Like it would, his franchise tag number would be 28 million for next season. So he says he is not a likely franchise tag guy where a lot of people believe T Higgins is, or even maybe Pittman that Evans is not a tag guy. So maybe he gets to free agency and maybe the Panthers can take a shot. Although I don't know. I don't know if they can afford him in Burns and Luvu and all of that. It's it's not just the price. Obviously, there's a fit with Canales and, and that connection there. I just wonder, Mac, with his age, is he looking for a specific contender to play for? Is he going to try to go to, you know, a select file? A CBS, again, I'll reference them. They had a list up today of five contenders for Mike Evans, and it's all the ones that it's Kansas City. It's Baltimore. It's Cincinnati when Burrow comes back, if they were to lose Higgins, it's these teams that are viewed as contenders or or champions already. So you just wonder, Mike Evans, uh, past thirty now, you just wonder, is he going to want to go to Carolina and build for a couple of years with a guy that he knows, or is he going to get paid and try to have a select list of teams that he wants to play? Yeah, or is he just going to say, whoever pays me the most, that's where I'm going. We've seen that happen before, but I don't know. Do we want the Carolina Panthers to pay him the most when we have to pay Burns, Brown, and Luvu? Um, 
at this point in a rebuild, there's a lot of questions there about Evans. Even if he didn't now, come here, as long as he leaves Tampa, that matters too. Well, yeah, that get, helps him get him out of there. Right? That's a good out. point. Yeah, get him out. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, all right, so Calvin Ridley is a guy that we've started talking about. We'll talk more and more about. He's going to be a free agent. So there was a report yesterday saying Jacksonville is going to let Calvin Ridley go after his one year there. Um, if they re-signed him, they would owe Atlanta a second-round pick to complete that trade. If they don't re-sign him, which the report is saying they're not going to, Atlanta then gets a third-round trade. So actually, not only does Ridley – if they don't re-sign him, not only does Ridley become available, and I think he's a pretty good option. Like, not as high – not as good as Evans, obviously. Yep. Not as high-priced. Um, you can argue, hey, maybe not as good as T. Higgins. A lot, a lot of people have argued with us they'd rather have Pittman. I think that's a debate. But I do think it improves us. Not only, Bone, if Jax lets him go, is he available in free agency, which is good for us, I think, if we have interest. But also Atlanta gets a lesser pick, too. So there's there's two good things if Jacksonville lets him walk. The thing about some of these guys, yeah, is Ridley like your prototypical 1A on some teams? Probably not. But with this team, Mac, any receiver help is is needed. So whether it's Ridley... Pittman, Higgins, whoever Mac they can get their hands on is helping this receiver core. So Ridley may not be a one somewhere, but for here, look at his numbers. He'd be far and away a one on this roster. He would. And that's the question is like, and another thing are the trade options. You guys talked about Metcalf yesterday. Well, now another hot trade talk wide receiver is Brandon Ayuk. He's coming off a 1300 something yard season. He was unbelievable this year. He's just amazing. Um, but I'm very skeptical about trading for a wide receiver because I'm just not sure where our trade chips are. You know, unless you trade Brian Burns, and that'll probably be a talk we'll have in the 7 o'clock hour. Like, would you trade Burns if it meant getting someone like Ayuk? Well, we talked you know? about it yesterday because, you know. Or with Metcalf, y'all probably Well, yeah, yeah, because Seattle's looking. Mike McDonald's their head coach. They're, they're looking for defensive help. They're looking for some, you know, Better play up front. So naturally you go, well, the Panthers need a guy like Metcalf who knows the staff here. And if they're looking for a guy like Burns, it's just a natural yeah. connection of, of discussion. Uh, as far as Ayuk goes, he's got one more year to go. But his entire family, brothers and sisters, they were on Instagram after the Super Bowl talking about how Ayuk was done in San Francisco. Not playing there anymore. It became a big deal. And then people are like, oh, but he's not a free agent yet. So that's the trade there. For You'd have Ayuk. to give him an extension. There'd have to be like the A.J. Brown trade when he was traded. The Eagles immediately signed him to an extension. It would probably have to be one of those because you can't give up. Like people are talking about A.J. Brown compensation for these guys like Ayuk and Metcalf. You can't. And that was a first and a third. You can't give up a first and a third and then lose them a year later. So you would have to give him his big deal. They're talking. I saw Dan Graziano talking $25 million a year for Ayuk. Like he is a stud, man. Yeah. The so best that's route the, runner in the league, really, for the wide receiver spot. They talk about that all the time on the broadcast. Yeah. See, I'm listening. Listen to my man Greg Olson on these games. Until future Carolina Panther lad McConkey gets into the league. Then he's got <laughs> route running competition. But so I just we'll we'll get into this more at seven o'clock. The concept of trading for one of these stud wide receivers who are big time talents, better than a Ridley, right? But is it worth doing it if you have to trade Burns to get a one to use or just trade Burns for the wide receiver? So, anyway, we'll talk through all of that. Dan Morgan's got some decisions, man. He's got some decisions to make. All right. He's just going to stare at those decisions until they happen.
You think that's how it happens? He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. Maybe he could just get in, you know, at the combine. That's where a lot of these deals are done. Yeah. Maybe he just stares at other GMs and they get scared. And just for like a seventh round pick, you could have Brandon Ayuk. Dan Morgan back. <laughs> he, he's got two things he does. He stares and he only asks one question at the combine. Are you going to be a dog? <laughs> Are you a dog? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you a little kitty cat? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Mac and Bone with you. All right. We have heard a ton of Bryce Young slander over the last, I don't know, nine months, seven months, however long it has been. Um, we have heard it. We have read it on the text line. We have read it in print, on the internet, in articles. We've heard a lot of Bryce Young slander. I believe what Craig Carton did on FS1 yesterday, Bone, is the worst Bryce Young slander. And I just I think it's ridiculous. Absolutely too far and ridiculous. Listen to this from Craig Carton. Right, Over a year ago, that CJ Bryce Young is not an NFL quarterback. Greg. And I'm not saying he's not a good kid or a great athlete. Clearly he is. But Bryce Young at five foot two cannot nope. be a successful quarterback in the NFL. And I don't care what Coach Canales has done in his past, and I respect his resume. But this is why I said back in April of a year ago that C.J. Stroud was the obvious number one pick. And if you took Bryce Young, you were making a mistake. And you could check the tapes. I said it. Because as great as he was in college, as smart as he is, as athletic as he is, he's not an NFL quarterback. He's almost like, he's, to me, he's like Dave Meggett. He's like a third down specialty back or maybe, maybe a slot receiver on third and two. I mean, there is. Oh, we got to move the slot receiver. So he's, he's never watched him wow. play a single so, day in his life. First of all, he's not 5'2", okay? <laughs> Second of all. Put those uh, inches back on, baby. There's at least eight inches. Got to go back on that man. He's not that big, but he can be a specialty back to run between the tackles. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, no, he's saying like oh, a little a scat back. A return man. A little third down, yeah. a little third down, a little scat back. What an atrocious uh, guys, take. Bryce Young is a pretty good athlete. He's not going to get out the ball out in the flat on third and eight and juke and, you know what I mean? Like, what are we, what the hell is he talking about? Slot receiver. Bryce Young going to go out and run routes? Like, we're trying to change his position now? It's absurd. At one point in his rantings, because it went on for about four minutes, and I'm not really like. I can't believe Carton would rant for four straight minutes on something. <laughs> and again, I know Craig Carton well. I worked with him when I was really young, and he honestly helped, helped me a lot. But man, I ought to help him with some Bryce Young knowledge. I don't know who the guy that, that works with him is that played for the Jets. Do you know who it is? Um, uh, that guy is begging him to not sound like a buffoon. And Carton continues to dig himself deeper into the buffoon hole. Whoever that guy is, Bone, the football player on the set, is explaining. He says he went into a warehouse. There was nothing there offensively. Bryce Young walked into a warehouse. It's an empty warehouse. That's what the Carolina Panthers offense is. And Craig Carton doesn't want to hear any of it. At one point, Craig Carton says he will play in the UFL. He should be in the UFL. He did. Uh, Come this, on. It, it'll get passed along the way probably this week by one of these guys. But that that's right now the front runner, the leader in the clubhouse for the worst take of 2024. Now, it's going to be a race. Someone's going to come up and pass that. But to say that he's not even an NFL quarterback, you want to say Stroud is better. What are we going to say at this point based off the year that Stroud had? But to just completely say that he's a Dave Meggett slot receiver, not an NFL quarterback, that come on, man. After one season. After one, one season, season with, absolute hell. with everything working against him. Coaching staff in disarray. Um, uh, what Weapons other than Thielen not worth the crap. 
offensive line, letting him get pummeled. Listen, I'm not on here trying to say Bryce Young played great. I think there were flashes. Um, but I'm not on here, and I'm not on here saying Bone as the season went on, he was not mentally affected by the pressure, and it started affecting his footwork and his mechanics, I, I'm not, and his comfort back there. I'm not saying any of that stuff is not true. But to declare him a non-NFL quarterback, like he can't hold it, like he's going to the point where he can't hold a clipboard in this league. Yeah, like it's, it's just it's, it's, it's and then you're changing his position. I, what football person you ever heard say Bryce Young should be playing a different position? That, that, like this is this is right up there. We're trying to turn Cam into a damn tight end. That feels like a take Bebop from Rock Throw would have. As a matter of fact, Bebop sent that link in yesterday, Mac, 14 times. <laughs> Bebop and I ignored caught, it. caught that one? Yeah, I ignored it, though, until you came back. Bebop must have, like, a, a feed that he gets bone where they where any Bryce Young criticism you know, gets immediately yeah. sent to him. He's got to be on that someone rip Bryce Young feed. So we'll talk about this later. We'll spend more time on it. Like, And, and honestly, I'll ask, like, do any Panther fans fear that, like, I think we've had one of, of the many critics say, didn't someone try to bet us he'll be out of the Oh, yeah, Flown, did you bet the guy? He'll be out of the league. I don't think like, it ended up working out because he uh, chickened out. Oh, he so. started back. He started moonwalking <laughs> like Michael Jackson. Started moonwalking. He, <laughs> Keep in mind, he said that he wouldn't even be in the league at the start of this coming season. Exactly. I was, so. So, so, but I haven't heard, like, you haven't heard football people say that. Like, there's not a I, Well, spot let's for not act like Craig Carton is football people. Well, Craig Carton. I, I had a mind block. No, I'm not, I'm, not even close. I'm not including him in that. I had a mind He's, block of who it was. It's Willie Cologne, by the way. I forgot it, too. Okay, I didn't yeah, know who Yeah, I completely it was. I just, couldn't remember. I, I knew exactly who you were talking about, but I, for some reason, I, could, I was couldn't get the name out. There you go. So that's Willie Cologne trying to talk some sense into him, but um, he doesn't want not any a, sense not talked a, uh, into him. Willie Cologne, that's C-O-L-O-N, not like a Willie P. Cologne. And not, he doesn't have his own cologne brand there. I would love Imagine what that Willie smells cologne. like. Smells like dry brisket. Smells like a burnt brisket. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's Charlotte FC hey, Game Week. It right. I can't treat the P-Man like that Charlotte FC Game Week, man. I, I shouldn't do that. My bad, P-Man. And I would never Seriously? say. Yeah, I would never say such a thing to set up Mac to rip Willie P. Yeah, wasn't no, my I like attention. the way you did that. I'm the one that dunked it home. By the way, speaking of Charlotte FC, didn't give up a goal in four matches out there in California, Coachella Valley. Right. The defense looks kind of like the opposite of how it did last year. I still got to work on, on adding up players to the attack. But um, Ashley Westwood, captain of your Charlotte FC squad will be here at 9 o'clock on the show today as we talk about their opener at home, NYCFC. Tickets as low as 15 bucks awesome. on Saturday This segment is sponsored by the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has been at the forefront of inflammatory bowel disease research and care for over 50 years. Learn more about research, education, and support at Crohn'sColitisFoundation.org. When we come back on the Mac and Bone Show, does the ACC... It does an ACC court filing yesterday mean, or this last week, mean the conference is about to get blown up? We have information on what occurred on Friday on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I 
bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller. I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Turn my mic on. I forgot that over the three-day weekend. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ Mac and Bone Show with you. Appreciate y'all being with us right here on 92.7 or the WFNZ app. Stream away and certainly listen to the podcast of the hours you miss later today. That's your homework assignment on the Mac and Bone Show. WFNZ.com has the podcast for you. Apple, Spotify, many other places. Right now, though, Bone, we got to talk about something that Andy Staples, very good college football writer, was pointing out and writing about yesterday. I didn't really see anybody else write about this, but Andy Staples caught this in a court filing. You know, the ACC in Florida State, there's court filings back and forth. It's not the most um, exciting thing in the world to follow. But Andy Staples and a couple others have now jumped on it since he's done it has pointed out, Bone, that some of their language in the court filings seems to suggest that they would be willing to negotiate a buyout of Florida State to essentially, or Florida State to essentially buy their way out of the grant of rights where they can go to another conference and still have their own TV rights. And this is, as Andy Staples points out, the first real hint at that. Because yeah. it has been thought all along, Bone, that no one's budging. The ACC wants out, or, or I screwed that up. FSU wants out, and the ACC doesn't want to budge at all. But based on some of the language in here that talks about the possibility of a deal with Florida State, Andy Staples, uh, here, I guess here's how he here's how the tweet is. It's it, it's sent from on three sports. That's where Andy's article appears. And the tweet from on three says, well, actually, it's from Andy Staples original. I'll say this. If the ACC is willing to renegotiate with Florida State, as its recent court filing suggests, then we could be looking at the next round of realignment sooner rather than later. What do you think about all of this bone? There's well, a lot of legalese yeah. in here, but what do you think? Well, you've come to the right place for that. Um, <laughs> my question would be, why would the ACC be the ones to budge and open the door up there? Because we've talked a lot about when that door gets open, Florida State might be the one to crack the door and try to slip through it. But other schools like Clemson, Virginia, North Carolina, they're watching to see how this goes with Florida State, to see what the buyout is, to see how the ACC handles this. Mac, what would the reason be why the ACC almost – I don't want to say gives up, but why, why would they be apt to just kind of open that door up for this stuff? Like, what would the reason be behind the ACC not fighting this to the very end? I don't know. I saw somebody chiming in um, with, uh, you know, another media member chiming in and saying that if the ACC loses, like the fear on the ACC would be if they lose this and Florida State can get out without paying a cent, then everybody gets out without paying a cent. Okay. But if they settle and set this precedent – Maybe at okay. least everybody that gets out has to pay them. But the thing is, you're still losing your conference as you know it, though. 
like I get the point. Worst case scenario, if everybody can escape free, is is horrible. It's Armageddon, right? But you're still running the risk of losing your teams. Like, do they do they not believe this grant of rights is the big, sturdy, airtight thing that they've tried to act publicly like it is? Maybe, maybe not. Know? But I just worry that all right, Florida State goes. You still have a conference for now. But what's going to stop North Carolina from? Wanting to buy out or no. Virginia, it's just yeah. You could say, well, I don't think anything. That's will. that's that's what's scary about this whole thing. They're they're not. I don't want to say they're giving up, but in a way, it's kind of like, are they just not even going to try to fight this thing anymore because of what's going on? I don't know. It's it's very odd to me. It would be almost just conceding the conference is falling apart. Let me at least get a ton of money from everybody that wants out. And I, yeah. I didn't think that was ever going to be an option. I thought they believed so much in this grant of rights. That, hey, take us to court. It'll stand up in court. Um, because now it's advantage FSU and the others, the ones that might want to leave. Now it feels like ACC looks a little weak here of almost like they're, 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 the advantage goes to the schools now. And once that happens, we got some major problems going. Flound, is it just inevitable? Like, this would obviously escalate. Andy Staples' point of his article is, holy crap, if they negotiate a, uh, a buyout essentially with Florida State – this ACC's crumbling very quickly, but is it just, is it not even worth really like fighting this or trying to find a path for the, like, is it an inevitable flown that the ACC is going to be picked apart and be a shell of itself? Well, no, it's worth it's, fighting for, but I mean, if this is actually true, this is, this is just this another sucks. misstep from, from Jim Phillips, man. Like I, this doesn't make any sense why you would open the door for them and let the conference dissolve because if it dissolves, where are you going? What good is the grand? You ain't gonna have no job. Like you're, you're gonna work for one of the other conferences. Like you're not gonna be the commissioner. So like, I don't really understand what this. To me, if I'm Jim Phillips, I'm fighting this till the bitter end. What is? You it? would think so, but I, but I don't know. It sound like they are though. No, That's, it doesn't. Which is, but you ultimately what you're saying is right. We thought. With the grant of rights, when it ran out, that would be when the conference would ultimately dissolve. If, if they open this door and let Florida State out, I mean, it's it, it could be the beginning of next year by the by the time this conference is gone. That's what, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I, this this I don't know. I feel like it's fruitless to even get on the radio and fight for the old ACC as much as I don't want it to go away because I feel like it's inevitable at some point. This would be a swifter path. If the ACC is truly, as he's, uh, Andy Stable says, the, the, these court documents hint at, if they are truly willing to negotiate, here, let's come up with a fee. I didn't know that was something they were considering. You and know? it's still, the, the question still remains. Florida State's efforts to try to get out of the conference well-documented, where are they going? That's always been the question because they they don't appear back from what we read and see and hear. They don't appear as sought after from the Big Ten SEC as it's made out to believe at times. So they can try to find their way out, but still, uh, where are they going? That That's never really a question we get an answer to yet. They're trying to get out, but we don't know where they're headed. Yeah, I'd, They're not as desirable, I, I think, as they think they are. I still feel like the Big Ten and the SEC, when they – made that group, that advisory group, and teamed up together, the two biggest rivals among any conferences, I don't believe that is like the old ACC Big Ten Pac-12 alliance, which we now laugh at because it did nothing. 
I I think they're about ready to take over the world of college football. I mean, they, they have on the field, uh, the SEC has on the field for years. But I think they're about ready, Bone, eventually to break away from from the NCAA. And I think they could both have 20-something, you know, 20-plus teams. Yeah, cool. I, it seems that way. You know what I mean? I, when they team up together, that's like, I don't even know. I don't even follow superhero comic book movies. Is that like the Justice League or what? Is that what I'm looking for? Like, that's like it. I that, guess. That's like good. Uh, that's Spider Man and Batman and Superman. I don't know. I'm a, I don't know what my superhero no, analogy is. No, just completely I, mixed up a bunch of different ones. Oh, they okay. can't team up? They can't. No, no. oh, I, uh, I think I'm a Marvel guy, but I'm not. What's the other one? The Avengers. I think I'm a Marvel man. What's the other comic book? DC. That's DC. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Marvel man. But I don't know who's on what side. I don't know either. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. very superhero illiterate. I'm not going to lie. There won't be any text on that on the WFNZ fan duel text line. 704 570 Sorry, superhero dorks. Nine, I'm sorry. 610, he calls him dorks. Now, when we come back, if the Panthers want to trade for a stud wide receiver, does that have to include Brian Burns going back the other way? Mac and Bone, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.